0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: That's right. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily, but I want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking up for offers. Covered self-parking, covered valley parking, open valley parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922 just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. Diamond Airport Parking. I'm going to talk to uh, Tanner. We'll talk to him about his thoughts on uh, Kalani's extension as well as Zach Wilson coming back to the lineup against Idaho State. And also he's been doing some work on BYU TV, Gordon, and I believe that's going to continue. But uh, the the television broadcast for this upcoming game against UMass is an absolute mess. Have you been paying attention to this whole thing? No. We'll get Tanner's opinion on it, but uh, in fact, let's uh, do it right now. Let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset, get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you, uh, nearest you. Former Cougar quarterback, current BYU TV analyst Tanner Mangum with us on the Big Show. What's up, Tanner? How are you? What's
1: going on, guys? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
2: So, uh, fill us in. I saw you tweet about this. You're going to be uh, on uh, BYU TV for uh, for the season going forward.
1: Yep, that's correct. Uh, I've been having fun with it. It's been a, a fun little challenge and uh, fortunate to be able to get invited back to the next couple of weeks. So even though the road games, we'll be in the studio doing our pregame and postgame shows. And, and uh, yeah, it's been a good good experience so far. I'm enjoying it. Now, on that side of things,
2: I'm not sure if you're in, uh, you know, you're on the inside of these decisions, obviously, but I read this from a release from BYU that the team or that the game is going to be broadcast on something called Flow Sports. And I guess, yeah, so what's the deal with that?
1: It's it's a mess, is what it is. I have no clue what it is. I mean, honestly, if I weren't. Working the game as as an analyst, I don't think I would watch it. I mean, I, I know it's like twenty dollars to get some kind of subscription, and so I think I think a lot of BYU fans are going to be missing out on this week's game. Just to, just to be honest, but I mean, a good thing is UMass, and it's not some some big game or whatever. But uh, it's it's yeah, it's a weird deal. So it's it's something uh, that I, I really don't know much about.
0: So how does that work, Tanner? They can tune in to, uh, the, the, what, BYU TV to watch the pregame, and then then they either miss the game or go through all these hoops to try and watch it, and then they can watch uh, your wrap-up of the game afterward?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much how, how it's going to go down. Um, but I know also the, um, the game will be broadcast on the radio on, on um your radio and so I, I you might have to go a little bit old school and just listen to the game via that way but yeah I, I think you have to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that you have a subscription to be able to watch it but uh you know we'll, we'll provide some some great pre-game analysis though and then we'll, we'll provide a great wrap-up show as well but um, unfortunately going to be tough tough to tune in for a lot of Cougar fans
2: Tanner, it took a minute, but BYU comes around and gives Kalani Satake an extension through the year 2023. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I think if you watch the video of the team in the locker room afterwards, that, that's all you need to know about how the team feels about that extension. That, that, that gives you all the, the evidence as to how they feel and, and, and their, their thoughts towards Kalani. And I, I think it's the right move. I think there's a lot of tough things that Kalani has to deal with, being a part of the, the BYU program as a whole, it's, and, and and any uh, maybe shortcomings of the program don't necessarily entirely reflect on Kalani. He's, he's done a great job with what he's been dealt. He's facing some tough schedules. And I think if you bring in a new guy or a, a new coach, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to, to start fresh and, and do something different and so I think you you keep going you keep rolling with where you're where you're at keep the continuity keep the consistency and now I just hope that the program and the administration and and the the program as a whole can give Kalani the help that he needs just like when you sign good players then now you have to have a good game plan of how you're going to use them and how you're going to help them be successful I think it's the same thing with Kalani you sign him Right move, but now, how do you help him be successful? What position do you put him in? what help what resources can you give him to uh, to maximize his extension
0: So Tanner, what do you think uh, those steps are now that they've made this step with yeah. Kalani, what what if you were if you were made emperor for the day or for the month or for the week or for the year
1: uh, what what would you do well've I've, I've been pretty vocal about it I've, I've uh, even even as recent as today tweeted out some things. That can that can be changed, and a lot of it has to do with the budget and the monetary focus that the program is giving Kalani, and it starts with recruiting, and the, the budget that they give Kalani and the coaches to go out and recruit, and then the the budget for nutrition and fuel and food, and um, budget for the salaries for the head coach and for the support staff and for the academic staff or for um, for the assistant coaches for just for for everything as a whole to be able to get. The best talent in that program possible. It takes money, and top top Power Five programs are doing it, but BYU's not, and they're falling behind. And when you're playing these types of schedules, you need all the help you can get to get your team prepared to play them. And then another thing that can they can change is helping the football program have more access to the facilities. I think it's it's silly to think that. Football players can't go and work out and train in their IPF or weight room whenever they want or watch film whenever they want. It's it's monitored. And it's, you know, top Power 5 programs don't do that. But BYU does. And so they, that's another thing that can be changed.
0: So, so they can't go in and practice when they want to because a facility is being used by other folks?
1: Correct. The IPF... Uh, is shared by the university, the indoor practice facility. And obviously, in the summer months, it's not as big of a deal. But during the winter, you know, and during, and during the season and the colder months, it's shared. The, the the football team only has it for a couple hours. And the other parts of the day, it's used by classes, like soccer classes or golf classes or intramurals, um, intramural soccer and, and things of that nature. And so, yeah, there have been times where I was there trying to go in and get some extra work with some receivers, but got kicked out. And, um, you know, a lot of players uh, still deal with it. It's it's still a problem, and it's uh, it's frustrating. And and, and and in years past, um, you know, I remember Max Hall, Austin Colley, they would go in late at night. They got the code to go in late at night, but they, they nixed that. I tried doing that, and they did not let that fly. And so it's tough. You know, it's just one small example. Obviously, I'm not saying uh, the whole program would change if, um, you know, Guys could go in and use the IPF more often. But it's it's a small step that could go a long ways is showing the commitment and the investment that the program is giving to the team.
0: I'm trying to picture Nick Saban uh, getting his players getting kicked out of the <laughs> indoor practice facility <laughs> yeah, because, can you imagine of, uh, or because of the intramural soccer.
1: You know, going to their IPF, getting kicked out by an intramural soccer team. But that, you know, that's just, that's how it is. And it's it, it, it's unfortunate, but I, I think... But these are things that that the program can change. And, you know, as far as okay, if you're BYU, you're saying we want BYU to be a Power Five-like team. We want them to go to the New year, to a New Year's Six game. We want them to be one of the best teams in the country. Well, then you got to back it up. You can't give them a, a Mountain West budget, but then expect them to go play these really tough teams. I mean, look at the schedule next year; it's rough. And so you, you got to be able to help your team out. You can't uh, hamstring them and then and then get, and then be disappointed when the record is 500 or seven, and, you know, seven and six, you know, you can't expect these amazing results with, um, with, with, you know, little, with, with the investment that, that they're giving.
2: Tanner Mangum with us, 97.5 and 12 of the zone. Tanner, what'd you think about Zach Wilson's return?
1: I thought it was all right. You know, it, it's, a lot of people don't really appreciate how hard it is to, to take that much time off and then to come back in and to, to pick up right back up where you left off is tough. You know, you could tell he was just a little bit rusty, and and I think the team as a whole wasn't wasn't as sharp as it should have been, especially against an FCS opponent, in Idaho State. Obviously, they got the win. It was it was it was you know a dominant victory overall, but it wasn't as clean, it wasn't as sharp as as it could have been. And Zach made some good throws. He had some some good plays. Made some plays with his feet. Showed what he's capable of. But I think you know these next two games, or sorry, you know the next game coming up with UMass. So Idaho State and UMass are good, good for them to get get their rhythm going, and to kind of get their chemistry back with the receivers. You know, playing with playing with a different quarterback, receivers have to adjust a little bit, especially with Zach, who keeps plays going. He he waits a little bit. He you know, which which can hurt at times if he doesn't get the ball out quickly. But oftentimes it can allow guys to get open downfield. Um, so they have to stay ready. They got to stay running, and stay alert, and be ready for, for anything when he's in the game. And so I think you know that game, and then this week coming up, will be good for them to, in a way, tune up, to tune up their game, get things figured out, and hopefully finish strong against uh, San Diego State in the bowl game.
0: So Tanner, uh, how do the players react to playing teams like UMass? I mean, I know everybody wants to win, and it's it's fun to win. But uh, against this kind of opponent, how do you get yourself fired?
1: I think it just comes down to uh, a competitive fire that you have to have within you. Obviously, it's, you know, it's pretty much a given. You're, you're going to win. You're going to dominate. But how sharp can you be? How focused can you be? How much concentration and discipline can you have? That was lacking in Idaho State. A lot of you know, false starts, backfield penalties, uh, offensive line wasn't as sharp as they, as they should have been. And so I you know the coaches and the players. I don't, you know they're not going to care who they're playing. They want to be sharp. And I know today, especially in Mondays, when you recover, when you go over the film, and you review what worked and what you can improve on. I know the coaches for sure are getting on that team on the offense about about false starts. That all just comes down to discipline and concentration. And so that's going to be a big focus for them this week. And I and I hope that they. Can learn from those mistakes and obviously they're playing a very mediocre opponent in UMass that will then show how good you are you know show show the difference between you between you as a team show what you're capable of and dominate and play cleanly and execute cleanly like like you know you're capable capable of
2: Tanner, after the uh, South Florida game, Kalani and and he admitted to this to a certain extent, uh, adjusted some roles on the coaching staff offensively. Maybe a little more influence uh, coming from the passing game coordinator, Aaron Roderick, and the offense has certainly looked different for the last month. Talk about what those differences are and what you're seeing out there.
1: Well, I, you know, credit goes to Kalani for for recognizing the need to change, the need to make adjustments. Um, you know, and he, he he did something similar last year. Halfway, when halfway through the year, when, when I got benched and they brought in Zach, they, they made adjustments. They made changes. And so, you know, credit to Kalani for being willing to, to, to change and being willing to make those adaptations to the offense. But then this year, you know, you have to give credit to, to Grimes, who in a way had, you know, had a way humble himself to allow Coach Roderick and Coach Fessy Satake to to step in and make it more of a collaborative effort. You know, the, the offense, it has taken a while to kind of find its groove. And, you know, especially against teams like Boise State, Utah State, rivals. You know, that's, that's, that's where, you know, last year those were tough games for BYU. But then this year they were able to, to make those adjustments, make those changes. And and I think it's it's good for Coach Roderick. It's good for Sessi Satake because they have – very creative minds when it comes to the passing game. They want to loosen it up. They want to open it up. They want to play aggressive and attack. And 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 then Coach Grimes has given them that uh, that uh, that opportunity. And he's also you know put his um, you know made made his own adjustments. And so it's you know it's it's about time because I think if you look at what BYU does well, it's, it 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 happens when they play fast, when they go no huddle, when they throw the ball downfield, when they. Keep things. I mean, to keep defenses on their toes, you know, they're not going to be a you know a dominant power team. That's just not BYU's identity. They don't have the play make the, the the personnel to run that type of style. And so it's good that they they've recognized it. They finally made those changes to just play more free, you know, sit, you know kind of keep it more simple. Just just uh, go up tempo and and let let the playmakers go and do their thing. So it's good to see the adjustments that they've made.
0: Tanner, uh Micah Simon has been getting the ball more. Explain something to Jake and me that uh, I don't think either one of us really understands. Why doesn't Matt Bushman get targeted more often?
1: You know, that's a great question I ask every week. It's almost like, okay, what's it going to be? Is it going to be, um, the you know, a Bushman show, or is it going to be a, a no no show? You know, like you look at um, against Liberty, almost had a hundred yards. Um, you know it was targeted more often, but then you look at the game against Utah State, and then on Saturday against Idaho State, you know it's hardly anything at all. And, and I, you have to look at defensive schemes. Every defense plays him a little bit differently, but they all know that he's a weapon. And with the tight end, you can you can double a tight end uh, almost you know almost at will because you can have a linebacker on him at you know, the, the first level, and then a safety on him at the second level. And, and that makes it really tough for a tight end to get open. You see it at the NFL level when, when teams play top tight ends. You know, they, they, they try to take him out of the game plan and force you to, to throw, it, throw it elsewhere. And that's what defenses have done against BYU. They try to take away Bushman and lets you, you know, they, they force you to, to use your other playmakers to, to beat you, which in this case, Micah Simon has been one of those players who has stepped up who's gotten more targets? He's gotten more looks, and he's taken advantage of it. But uh, you know, that, that, that doesn't take away from the fact that Bushman is still really good. He's really talented. He just hasn't quite gotten the uh, the amount of looks that he would like to, to to get, and quite frankly, that the offense would like him to get. Um, yeah, I think that they would. They want him to get. They want him to be more involved. But you have to take what the defense gives you.
2: Tanner, as always, thank you very much, and we'll catch your pre and post game on BYU TV this weekend.
1: Okay. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me.